Oh, so you're saying my two platefuls with eight meatballs yeah. on top was probably not the best? Yes. Size matters. Welcome to Cue the Mic. Welcome to Cue the Mic. Episode 16. 16. Sherry's lucky Sherry's lucky number, 16. It's a good one. It is yeah, a good one. She, uh, we were married on, we tried to get married on September 16th, but my dad was too busy farming, so we got married on 10-6. Instead, just just so we could be 16. Fun trivia facts. October's a good month. You seem a little delayed here, Emma. I'm I'm not. I think it's you, man. Oh. We're okay, good. Well, we're all good. We're all good. It's, it's just hard for yes. me to see your facial expressions that everybody <laughs> loves when I say stupid crap. That's what I heard. I don't know if I love it, but as long as I can bring some entertainment. I'm staring at a screen that is just froze with Emma with a puzzled look on her face. So, but she says it's going to work through. It is going to. Mine hasn't froze yet, so I think we're good. Still recording. Okay. (laughs) So, what's new and exciting? Not really a whole lot with me as normal. Uh, just going day by day. She's having to become a parent for ah. the first couple couple weeks. That's she enjoys doing that. Just watching some kids. Just watching teenagers. kids teaching her. Can't <laughs> watching teenagers. Teenage boys realizing that she really doesn't want teenagers herself. No, I don't. <laughs> I've never. Yeah. Not my forte, but that's okay. <laughs> that's okay. I've been spending the last couple of days apologizing to my mom, even though I was probably her easiest child. Right. She did well, it four times, and that's I, a lot. I, think I couldn't even I do think it once. It's different. I think it's yeah, but I think it's different because you're watching, watching Trips. teenagers, and you're you know still at a very young age. Yeah. You know, so it'd be different if you were, you know, watching Out. babies. You Hopefully. know what I mean? It it would just be different. Yeah, I hope so. Because it's, yeah, it would be. It would be totally different. Yeah. But that and then, I don't know, a couple of, well, it's been a while now. I mentioned, we talked about how my plumbing had taken a turn for the worst. Yeah. Did it take That's a turn for getting, the better? Uh, well, hopefully next week we're going to get it fixed. Wow. Fingers crossed. Yeah, and you yep. know, funny funny story. I'm talking to my dad, who he lives in a house that I own mm-hmm. in southern Iowa, and now he's got the same problem. <laughs> Called up his <laughs> landlord. <laughs> yeah, he says we got a sewer problem. Oh, great! Mm. At least it's we know fun. right where it's at because his front lawn is sinking right where it's the problem. So, oh yeah, that's it's. it's it started sinking last year and I'm like, ah, oh, well, I'll just see if it gets worse. And yeah, it gets worse. So, you know, we got, we got that. And it's not, insur- not going to just solve itself. 
Right. And then the insurance, but it was wintertime when he said that. I'm like, we're not going to oh. try and dig up frozen ground. And then, oh, yeah. Then the insurance fair. adjuster came out on the house and said, no, we're not insuring the roof. It needs replaced. Well, that's great. Hmm. Oh, well. Homeownership, man. Homeownership. At least lots of homeownership. Let's talk barbecue. Yeah, let's. Want to talk it's barbecue? We don't talk barbecue much around here. We try and, and we're not going to talk barbecue the whole time, but. Had a fun time, Emmitsburg, Iowa, small little Mm -hmm. contest. Well, not small, 31 teams. Uh, Stephanie does an amazing job as an organizer up there. Small Mm -hmm. little contest. We we cater a sponsor dinner for her. So we, a bunch of us, I brought some meat and sides and she got some donated and we cooked it all up on Thursday afternoon and served about 50 people on Thursday night. Just a just a fun thing. And then we maybe mm-hmm. indulged a little bit too much. Um, I actually stayed up till midnight. Wow. My neighbors, my neighbors, the Shigan and Grinning boys, I think they went to bed at 3.30 in the morning. That's where I so, get up. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. And That's so insane. I was, I did, I did the thing. I was going to wake him up to go to breakfast when we went to breakfast at like seven and I'm like, Hmm, I'm going to go ahead and let them sleep. Otherwise they'll be grumpy. So, uh, yeah. I went to breakfast with Sherry. We went to breakfast, had a good breakfast. And so then I brought them back breakfast and let it. You're a good so, friend. Lots of fun. Lots of fun. They usually serve us the chicken breakfast on Saturday morning. They always serve That's me the chicken breakfast. So right. I think you we've gotta, you gotta talked keep about that one too. Yeah. Best breakfast. Sounds in all delicious. Even yeah. though barbecue has become the breakfast Mecca, you know, so this mm-hmm. weekend alone, uh, we have the luscious loins breakfast sandwich, which is an amazing sausage egg, a little bit of jalapeno on a Hawaiian roll drizzled in maple syrup and butter. Um, they, they make this breakfast sandwich. It's just amazing. And then mm-hmm. we had, um, who else? We had Wags brings by his biscuits and gravy, even though I can't eat it because I've got this whole lactose intolerant bull and biscuits and gravy is my favorite. But anyway, at least I got to look at it and, you know, say, wow. He goes, I was wondering why you, my son brought it over. You never took it. And I'm like, yeah, it's because I can't, but looks good. And then the guys uh, at Nectar of the Hogs brought me a breakfast sandwich that had fresh tomatoes mm-hmm. on it and peppers. It was super good. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was one other one. And it was just like all this breakfast because people know that I love breakfast. So they constantly mm-hmm. bring breakfast. I've been actually talking to a few friends that maybe we should have the United States Breakfast Championship at the American Royal this year. And we'll just have people bring it to my site <laughs> and we'll get like six of us and we'll just judge them all. And that'd be kind of fun. The breakfast champion. Yeah. A little different spin, a little different spin, but anyway, overall, great, great, great contest. Got first place chicken second time in a row. That was, that was fun. Hit a, hit a not so great table and ribs. You know, got third on my table, I think, and 24th in ribs. Mm-hmm. Um, Sherry thought they were really good, but that's okay. There was a couple lower scoring tables. We, we're not going to call them the table of death, but we're lower scoring tables that we hit, which happens all the time, part of the business. And then yeah. pork was 
okay. It hit 10th and brisket was pretty decent. It got eighth. We took a chance on turning and burn ends and we probably shouldn't have, but we still won the table and got eighth. So overall fifth place overall, you know, another top five finish. We always say top 10 move on. And so top 10, we're moving on. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. A little bit of controversy last night on the internet that I decided to partake in. I Somebody tagged mm. me in something, so I responded. But, you know, somebody, one of our fellow competitors, great friend of mine, got a little upset about the table of death and the number of tables that the reps used. And just this whole, you know, for people that don't understand, for every six teams, you get a table. Mm-hmm. Um, of judges. And so they have guidelines about how many tables. Now, I always love 24 team contest because that means there's going to be four tables and you got four categories, chicken, ribs, pork, and brisket. So that means everybody's going to hit the same table. So I'm going to hit table A in chicken and I'm going to hit table B in ribs and table C in pork and table D in brisket. And everybody's mm-hmm. going to do the same thing. So Whoever hits my chicken table is never going to be on that same table of judges again. Their pork might hit another table or whatever. And some other teams, Mm -hmm. you know, it's all mixed up. And so to me, it's the most fairest way of barbecue. But then you you take a team, a contest that comes up with 32 teams. So is that five tables? Is that six tables? Well, the reps here had plenty of judges. Um, There's some guidelines. I'm not sure whether they followed them or not. But the mm-hmm. guidelines, they decided to have six tables because they originally planned six tables, but four teams backed out. So they still mm-hmm. had all these judges, so they utilized them. Right, wrong, or indifferent mm. caused a shitstorm because there was two tables there that weren't very good tables. And my friend, he hit both bad tables. I did mm. my research this morning because I don't pay any attention to what tables I hit because I really don't care. And I hit the same two bad tables. Luckily, one of those tables, I, I hit in brisket. I got eighth place. I won the table. But one was ribs, and I got third on the table and got 24th. And he was a little upset that, you know, he got his pork hit the bad table, and he scores 172 in pork, and he got a 162, which is a 10-point swing, which, as you know, most contests are won by less than a point. So he was a little upset until I researched this morning and found out that he got fourth out of five on his table. So he actually had three other teams that the judges thought were better than him. So I'm not sure he had much of a case there. I kind of had to diffuse it a little bit and kind of spread some truth, but it just, it kind of leads to this whole thing of judging and we, I've talked about it on another podcast. I'm not sure I've ever talked about it here. And, and Emma's going to go, what's he talking about? But people that are in competition barbecue understand. Mm-hmm. So just kind of stick with me, if you okay. will. You're still you're still frozen on my screen, Emma. I'm still here. So I'm actually I'm actually I'm going to take a picture. Oh jeez. Um, I'm going to take a picture of Emma frozen on my screen. And make it my screensaver because it's really kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> Might post it on social media, but anyway, back to judging. Okay. So P 
people that have been around a long time, like me, 20 years mm-hmm. in competition barbecue, there, the main core problem is there's three different systems running in competition barbecue in the judge's tent. So judging mm-hmm. started out when I started was everything was scored a perfect nine unless something was wrong and then you scored it down. So there was a lot of nines, a lot of perfect scores. And if somebody did something wrong, they didn't like their sauce, they didn't like their taste or tennis, they would judge them down to a nine, an eight, or a seven, and maybe even a six on the outside chance, but chances are everything was nine, eight, and seven. And then Mm -hmm. KCBS changed it to, I'm going to start with a seven and go up or down. And then they changed it again to say, we're not going to start anywhere. I'm just going to give a description of each, what a nine is, what an eight is, what a seven is. You know, so a nine might be excellent or perfect. An eight may be very good, whatever. Well, what's happening mm-hmm. is you get judges that have been trained over the years and they judge, they don't train. They, they just judge the way they were trained. Even though the judging system trained, changed, mm-hmm. they didn't necessarily change. Right. Okay. So one of those can't teach an old dog new tricks. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got three systems running in one system under the tent. So the guy that gives you a nine and the guy that gives you a seven mm-hmm. are probably saying the same exact thing. Right. The the old style judge says, oh, I didn't find anything wrong with it. I'm giving it a nine. The guy that seven says, ah, you know, this is really good barbecue. Or good barbecue, not great barbecue, but they're all the same. Well, as we know, as you accumulate these scores, if you get a seven, you're dead, Mm -hmm. right? And so there's a lot of controversy about judging and people that score low and people that score high. And, you know, KCBS, it's hard. It's hard to change. And I have all the faith Mm -hmm. in Rod Gray, my good friend, president of KCBS. I have all the faith that at some point this will get on the table and we'll figure out how to get this under one system, you know? And, and I think right. it has, to, it has to be a new system. It has to be nothing that involves a seven, eight or a nine or a one eighty, And it mm-hmm. needs to be something that can be very easily trained, you know? So right. KCBS's main source, one of their sources, I won't say it's their main source of income, but one of their sources of income is when they have judging classes. So they train new judges for like four five, six hour course. And they mm-hmm. bring them in and train them how to cook barbecue. Well, then you get signed up for a KCBS membership to be a judge and you, you learn how to judge barbecue. And so not only have you had three systems, within each one of those systems, there may be five, six, seven, eight different trainers within each system. So mm-hmm. depending on how they got their message across, you may have 60 different ways of teaching barbecue. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of colliding all at once under the judging tent and it causes a lot of tension and it causes a lot of problems. And, you know, in the olden yeah. days, we never got any data. We didn't know. We just, if we scored bad, oh, must've hit a bad table, right? That was our, that was our excuse. Oh, must've hit a bad table because we had zero data. Well, now KCBS gives the judges every single bit of data. So I can tell judges, I can tell here's every table I hit who was on that table. I can tell how that table score today versus all the other tables. And so there's just all this statistical data 
Mm-hmm. Well, what happens when you give people statistical data? They overanalyze it, right? And so what mm-hmm. happens is now you've got all this all this huge amount of data, like everything else today. We have more data that moves faster than, you know, it's just an immense amount of data. You know that from a social mm-hmm. media point, right? There's just all yeah. this data. Yep. And so people tend to overanalyze. So instead of just saying, oh, must hit a bad table, I guess, with being uninformed, now they know exactly the scoring average of the table. And so they, they kind of blame it on that a little bit. And, and rightfully so. There is some mm-hmm. lower scoring judges and there is some high, same problem on the top side. There's judges yeah. who sit there and give 999s all the time. And then all of a sudden you elevate teams to score really well that aren't very good. Right. right. So you got the, it's, it's the same problem. So somehow it's a statistical problem. So somehow we've got to figure out this. I say we, KCBS, uh, I've kind of given them ideas and stuff like we're talking about today, but it's like somehow you have to fix it and you have to get it all back to mm-hmm. one system. Right. And once you do that, but you're still got subjectivity. What I like mm-hmm. for barbecue and what you like for barbecue maybe two totally different things. Oh yeah. Right? I mean somebody yeah. could give me a piece of chicken that has a, a little bit of afterburner on it, a little bite, a little cayenne pepper bite, and I'm going to go, "Wow, that's really good." And you're going to go, and you're going to go, "Oh, that's hot no. as shit." I'm judging yeah, that. No, now. thank you. Right? No, thank so you. so so that's why, you know, for years I've always said mediocre barbecue wins because if you just play the center of the road and don't mm-hmm. offend anybody, not too sweet, not too spicy, not too tart, not too tender, not tender mm-hmm. enough, whatever. If you play the middle of the road, that's kind of our key to success. So we don't take a lot of chance, even though we've taken some chances, we don't take a lot of chances in competition barbecue if we're being serious. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, it's just, it's tough. It's tough. Yeah. It's a problem. We all know it's a problem, but my advice to cooks that are going is, you know what? Nobody's ever going to make money in competition barbecue. We did for years. I mean, I mean, I think our best year ever, we won 159000 in prize money. But that was hitting multiple major contests, winning the Sam's Club National Championship, winning the Sunny's Invitational, just winning right. all these big dollar contests. Mm-hmm. And that was, the, that was kind of the perfect storm. But now, I mean, even us consistently in the top 10, we Mm -hmm. might break even doing it, but we have a lot of fun doing it and it promotes our business. And, you know, so if you're in it for the money, Mm -hmm. you're in it for the wrong reason. Quit worrying about the scoring, cook the best barbecue you can, you know, it's going to be a roll of the dice and enjoy the breakfast. Enjoy the, the Thursday night shenanigans, enjoy everything, enjoy cooking and the competitive nature and just enjoy it all. And the sooner you can get to that mindset, the lot easier competition barbecue is going to be. Yeah. Boom. Mic drop. Well said. Mic, mic drop? Yeah. I'm not sure that was well a mic said. drop. Huh. So, so yeah. anyway, lots, lots of yeah. issues there, but still lots, lots of fun. Lots of, yeah. lots of fun. Lots of great people out on the circuit and, you know, it, it boils its ugly head two or three times a year, usually in the wintertime when people have a lot more time to think. 
Mm. Um, but nobody's going to get rich. And guess what? Nobody's going to take away your birthday when it comes to this type of stuff. So does it really matter? I feel like we need to make like a t-shirt or something that says that. Nobody's going to take away. It's all fun nobody's and games gonna until t- somebody gets pregnant. No, that didn't oh, get any okay. likes. You should stop saying that. It's one of my favorite things. Um, no, but the uh, nobody's going to take away your birthday. You say right. it so often that I feel like yeah, it's a merch idea. Is, I do. Cue the po- when cue the mic gets merch, that'll be well that, and then we'll have be consistent. Be consistent. Be consistent. Right. But. Yeah, yeah. I saw one the other day in the, um, so what did it say? Live, what did it say? Uh, something about live, live generously, which I thought was a pretty good t-shirt. I saw a, mm-hmm. a guy walk into a place that said live generously. Mm-hmm. Thought that was yeah. a pretty good deal. Yeah. Well. Anyway. So I was talking to my buddy, Luke Darnell, as I talk to my buddy, Luke Darnell, mm-hmm. a lot, because he, yeah. he really, he, he's an avid podcast listener and he, he when actually, we, have him back? Uh, we should have him back as our second yeah. guest. Yeah. Oh, no, that'll make I guess. really mad. <laughs> as our third co-host. As our third co-host. Anyway, we were talking, I, you know, I'm always struggling for ideas to talk about because I like mm-hmm. to talk about competition barbecue, but not our audience is, is really that intrigued by competition barbecue. Um, so I like to talk about beg business, to differ. right? I, mm-hmm. Okay. She can beg to differ, but anyway, I, I like to talk. Analytics. Okay. See, too much data, too <laughs> yeah. much data, but I, I like to, mm-hmm. I was on the Greg Grampy show last night. And so mm-hmm. Greg has been doing this for 17 years. Mm-hmm. Um, two is a podcast, 15 is a live show. And so I followed Michael Simon last night and we, we just had a lot mm-hmm. of fun. And Greg just, he answered, he asked a lot of not tough questions, but just different questions. And it, mm-hmm. it just kind of brings out, he has a way to bring out the, the secrets and all that type stuff. And he, and so he was talking to me, Darren, why, why aren't you doing TV and why aren't you doing all this stuff? And I said, do you have to pay for a publicist? Is that free or do you have to pay one? Or, you know, and I said, you've taken these routes and it all came off of Memphis and May. He's like, Darren, why haven't mm-hmm. you tried to win Memphis and May? And I said, I did one year, probably the worst experience in barbecue I ever had. Not interested. I'm out. And, you know, mm-hmm. and he was trying to sell it to me. And I said, you know, you, I don't want to be a TV star. I turned down more TV. If you know how much TV I turned down, I turn it down all the time. I don't want to do that. I want to be mm-hmm. more organic. I want just to let my record show. I want our restaurant. I don't, we don't go beg for reviews. We don't go tell people to, you know, hey, vote for this and vote for this. We don't try and skew Mm-mm. the system. We just let it go. We just try and be as good as we possibly can. If something's broke, we fix it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so anyway, long way around is, you know, Luke, Luke asked me, he says, Hey, what if you were to do it all over again? Mm-hmm. What would you change? Yeah. What would you change? You know, and a lot of people here do some don't, you know, when we first started in the barbecue business, I was still vice president of logistics for a transportation company. And so I knew zero 
about the restaurant business. I knew how to cook barbecue, but I knew zero about the barbecue business on how, how would you even open a, a catering? And I had a lot of great mentors and whatever, but I decided when it was time to open up a place of business that I was going to bring out a business partner. So I brought in a business partner early on and it, it was fine. It was tough. Partnerships are super tough because you're trying to, it's like having four wives, right? It's kind of like, or four husbands, if you're a woman, same thing, but it's like, how do you, um, how do you balance that? So everybody's happy and it's tough. Mm -hmm. And the more people involved and the more partners you have, the tougher it is, you know, so to do it all over again, I, I probably just would have spent more time learning about the craft myself or hiring somebody versus partnering with somebody. I'm not a big partner fan. Um, our, ours ended, we, we ended up buying them out and which was fine. It worked out great for us. Worked out great for both of us. I think actually, um, if you're going to partner, you better have an agreement in your, in your ownership about when this thing goes South, what happens? Right. And we were very good about that. We had that, you know, so you just, mm -hmm. if you're going to have a partner in this thing, pretend like you're going to get rid of your partner in a year. And what's that look like financially? What's that look like the way you split stuff? What's that look like? It just makes it so much easier. But I guess my first word of advice is, yeah, don't even get a partner. Just, and I know the fine, the, the other one is, is kind of tough is, not to finance anything. And I know that's super, super tough. And we were blessed because I had, I had a great job, you know, and I was able to buy a lot of a barbecue equipment just as kind of hobby stuff. You know, mm -hmm. I, I was probably the only guy that had a old Hickory ELEDX smoker, which would hold 750 pound rotisserie in my driveway just to cook on for fun but it became our first smoker, you know, so that mm -hmm. investment was already there. But, you know, I see so many people go into this business and they're really good at something, whether it's barbecue, whether it's tacos or tamales or just whatever. I see mm -hmm. a lot of people say, Hey, I'm really good at this. I want to get into the restaurant business and they get in and they don't last nine months. And it wasn't because they didn't have good tacos or tamales or barbecue or whatever. It's because they didn't know how to run a business. Right. Right. And, yeah. and so, you know, and, and part of that is, you know, financing. There's, I, I just read another one this morning in Des Moines. There's a, um, and actually a former worker of ours, uh, employee of ours has one of his friends has this Jenny's Korean fried chicken. Mm -hmm. And really a top notch place is from what I've told. But she said, it posted on online this morning saying, well, the rent went up and the roof was falling in. We're done. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, of course, a lot of things realtors do and property managers do is they entice in order to entice people to get in, you know, they don't charge them much rent or very little rent for the first year. Mm -hmm. And then the rent goes up. Well, yeah. People, people don't account for that. They think, well, I'm going to make enough money in the first year that I'll be able to afford this rent in the second year. No, mm -hmm. you need to be able to afford that rent the first year. And so 
it's just tough. Just you got to understand that uh, I somebody told me a long time ago that, hey, if you want to start a business, make sure that you can open up your business, pay the rent and pay your employees for six months without ever charging anything in sales. And if you have that much money invested, then you're probably going to make it in the business financially. And if you're not, hmm. there's a chance you're not going to make it because, you know, it takes money to make money. Yeah, I'm sure, you know, that's that's true no matter what, whether sword. it's in business or finance, whatever. It takes money to make money mm-hmm. and very important part of business. And so um, that's where I see most businesses fail. I see it every single day and that people have great food. They just either one don't know how to br- run a business and they don't know how mm-hmm. to keep track of their money or they're spending it somewhere else or their business plan was flawed to start off with that they knew that, Hey, this thing, and we've talked about that many times, we, you know, that you got to mm-hmm. be able to make so much money to make the rent, to make the payroll, to pay yourself, yeah. to do all this stuff. And then the tough part sometimes today, it's not as much as when we started, because when we started, you know, there wasn't a lot of credit card transactions on catering. So right. we used to have, to, we used to cater. And then all of a sudden we get paid 30 days from now. Even though right. our terms were 15 days, you know, companies would pay us in 30 days because that's what they did. Well, so you need to buy the food today to cook it tonight, to serve it to somebody tomorrow or the next day to get paid for it in 30 days. So, you know, back to start thinking through that cash flow is very super, super important. If you don't know what cash flow is, you need to study it. If you don't know about business, you need to study it. Because mm-hmm. business is the hardest part, you know, running the business on how to, you know, whether it's finances mm-hmm. or whether it's training or whatever, that's 99% of what we do. We just happen to cook barbecue on the side, right? Yeah. And so it's, that's, it, it's just super, super important. So, you know, no partners, if you can get away with it. No financing if you can get away with it. And and I know sometimes you have to, but don't overindulge yourself because otherwise you'll be selling this stuff at equipment, you know, at at an auction next Mm -hmm. year. I always say that when when somebody goes in and I don't think they're going to make it, say, oh, we can pick up this equipment cheap at the auction next year, you know, and talk about equipment. When you're going in, you can buy used equipment. We bought every piece of used equipment that we could buy very cheap. When we mm-hmm. first started, but you got to be careful about refrigeration. The shelf life yeah. of refrigeration today is three to four years. So you could probably buy a 15 year old cooler and still do well with it. But if you're, if you've bought any refrigeration that's less than five years old, just pretend it's going to go out within a year because it probably is. And so, you, you know, that's a lot of, that's a lot of money that we got to shell out to fix stuff and fixing stuff is super expensive. You know, I mean, if I have one little countertop cooler that goes out for them to turn the key and come out and spend an hour, I'm going to spend a minimum of $200 to fix it. The most simplistic thing. Yeah. Or have a really good buddy. That's an HVAC refrigeration guy that you can pay on the side or will help you get started. (laughs) If you have that, 
then you're better off. I, I think most restaurant owners, the successful mm -hmm. ones, if they were went to school to be electricians, plumbers, and HVAC technicians, that's mm -hmm. how you make money. Because if you could avoid all that cost, right? that's a secret <laughs> that people don't think about. They don't think about that you're going to spend, yeah. I spent a thousand bucks yesterday on the food truck alone. You know, just, you know, generator, generator issues, get it fixed, 600 bucks there. The city of Des Moines decided that they were going to, you know, enact new regulations. So now all of a sudden you have to have different regulators and different hoses and whatever, 400 bucks there. I'm not even done. I'll probably have 12, 13, $1,400 in this changeover. And people don't think about things like that when, hey, mm -hmm. I, I can go out and I can sell 50 pork sandwiches at seven bucks a piece or 10 bucks a piece. That's 500 right. bucks. And, I, and I, I, you know, I only have to pay my truck payment, the fuel and whatever. No, mm -hmm. you've got to build a lot of that other accessorial expense into it. Read the, that stuff's all over the internet. You can figure out what those percentages will be. It's a percentage game, but you just, you know, be careful. There's a lot of expenses that you don't know that are going to come bite you in the ass if you don't budget for it. And that's on life too. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, you're you're mm -hmm. you're learning that as home ownership, right? Yep, it sure is. It's, it sure it, is. Nobody told you about that. Everybody told you. You ah, know, you walk in. Yeah. Well, they may have told you, but cheaper. you didn't listen. It's still cheaper. It's than still rent. cheaper than. There is no doubt if you can swing paying so, rent or if you can swing owning a house, yeah. do that every single Don't regret time. It. Don't yeah. ever regret it. But understand that once in a while you're going to get a hit yeah. with these $10,000 bills that you don't expect. What? And how do you work 10, through that? So, That's a lot. I live in a bungalow. Mine aren't that big. But but still. But I get what you're saying. And, and, yeah. maybe, and, maybe, and maybe what you have to do is if your house payments 750 bucks a month and you're, mm -hmm. and I'm just making up numbers, but if your house payments yeah. 750 you're bucks close. a month and, and, and your rent was going to be 1200, then, then take that 500 and put it away for expenses every mm -hmm. month, just like you were paying rent. But in the meantime, yeah. you're getting ownership on that house. Yeah. That's exactly what I did. Right. Crazy. Perfect. See, that's good. I know. Your mom was, your mom was probably a pretty good teacher. Yeah. Well, both my parents, but yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. And then other things yeah. business-wise, as I, you know, yeah. just kind of you know, I am curious. talk about is, yeah. Well, I'm curious if like, if you could go back and change some stuff, this isn't quite as serious, but let's say, let's look at the menu, for instance, because that, our menu is a beast, a pretty big topic of conversation for us a lot. Is there anything on there, or would you redo the menu, or would you, uh, yeah, I would. I don't want to say redo, but would you set up the menu differently so that we, you could, you know, add on the fun stuff that you like to add on every once in a while, and it not have to become the beast that it is. I guess, like, yeah, and I don't. I don't think the. I don't think the fun stuff. I, the chore in that is not the size of the menu. The yeah. chore in that is the number of employees, right? Because yeah. when you have that many employees, so at, the, at our mm -hmm. North location, we got 70 some employees. When mm -hmm. you put a new menu item on, yeah, you have to train 
everybody how to do it. You got to train right. every cashier about what it is. You got to train every food runner about what's about. You got to train every busser because somebody may stop and say, hey, what's this? What's this? You know, mm -hmm. so you have to train everybody. So it's a lot easier right. for us at the ghost kitchen to be able to do that because we've only got four employees there. So mm -hmm. it, it's, it's much easier to do it there. So it's not necessarily about the size well, of the menu. We just have so many things. Well, I'm just, cause like we just have so many things on the menu at the North store now that I feel like always come up as a, why do we still have this on the menu kind of thing? But like we, it's been on so long that people like, we just can't get rid of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Would yeah. you have gone back and done more of like what you want the food truck to do where it's just the basics and then a couple of fun stuff? Because we have like a lot of fun stuff and then also all of the basics. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, and, and it's funny because you look at our menu and I look mm -hmm. at every, the, number, the number one seller mm -hmm. every single day, every single week is a two meat, two side barbecue platter. Yeah. And the number two seller is it one meat, two side barbecue platter. Okay. Right. So you, you could literally have platters and, and you got to have mm -hmm. ribs there, but yeah. the other stuff, I mean, I think that's what makes us unique though. A little bit okay. is we're not I mean, so we're trying to bring homemade and fresh to you mm -hmm. every day. Okay. Right. I, I don't want to buy something out of a can if I don't have to. So like our right. sauces, you know, we make all the chicken, we buy, mm -hmm. you know, we make all our sauces, almost all of them from scratch, mm -hmm. you know, every single week. There's a lot of, there's extra costs associated with that. There's extra labor mm -hmm. associated with it, but it's so much better. Yeah. And so, it, you know, it's tough, but, and, and if we can take and utilize, for instance, let's talk about the barbecue burrito. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so the barbecue burrito we brought on because we had a bunch of brisket on the slicer that we didn't sell a chopped brisket sandwich. So we had a bunch of brisket that part of the brisket would get curly at the end or, you know, it'd clip off and whatever, and we weren't going to really have it. So we had a lot, quite a bit of brisket scrap. And I'm like, what are we going to do with this? So we started right. saying, Hey, what if we made a, a burrito out of this? It's really good stuff still, but let's, let's mix in mac and cheese and queso and, and just make this a really kick-ass burrito. And it allowed us to use waste. So rather than raising the price of our brisket, mm -hmm. because I had scrap and I was throwing it away for years, threw it away. Right. Rather than raising the price of brisket, we said, hey, let's do this barbecue burrito. Well, I mean, it went off. We sell 200 of those things a week, 200, 250 of those a week. And we're like, yeah. oh, it's limited. It's limited time. Mm. Well, I'm telling you, at Smoking to Use, there's no such thing as limited time. That's how we advertise. Well that right? That's how, I know. We, we advertise as limited time. It's a marketing like, ploy. It, it is. And so really back, to this, back to this brisket scrap, we're looking around in our kitchen going, mm -hmm. wow, we're paying eight bucks a pound to put bacon topping in our beans every day. And when you look at the bacon topping, it really wasn't even very good bacon topping. But mm -hmm. you're like, what's this have? It has really smokiness to it, and it has texture. Mm -hmm. That's why you put it. And I'm like, I wonder if we can take this brisket scrap and swap it out. So the first week I said, hey, instead of putting a full bacon topping, let's put 25% brisket scrap and 75% bacon. 
Mm -hmm. And then nobody said a word. Okay, let's try 50-50. Nobody said a word. Hey, let's put 75 brisket scrap and 25 bacon. Nobody said a word. Guess what we're doing? We're putting brisket scrap in our beans. And so when you think about that, we probably make, I mean, when we were putting two pounds, I think of maybe it was a pound, a pound per batch. And we probably do 10 batches of beans a day on a, just a normal Mm -hmm. every day, a lot more than that from catering standpoint, but 10 batches a day. And we were putting a pound that was $70 a day that we took something we were throwing in the trash. Yeah. And took that pizza to 80 bucks, right? 10 batches, eight bucks a pound Mm -hmm. for pizza. That's 80 bucks a day. That's 560 bucks a week. That's 25,000 bucks a year. That was such fast math. And people wonder why, you know, one of the things that we do is like when the price of brisket goes up, Mm -hmm. we don't necessarily raise our price to a customer. We try and figure out Mm -hmm. how do we be more efficient and do things like that. So we've done Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff. So now the brisket scraps in the burrito, the brisket scraps in uh, we haven't yeah. got to the point that we're having to chop up brisket to put it in any of these. So we still got some opportunity, but most of our stuff, we're utilizing the same stuff. So we take egg mm-hmm. roll. We still use the same coleslaw. We make a vinegar mm-hmm. slaw with it. We use pork, you know, so there's not much agree. Our tacos, you know, our, our yeah. barbecue tacos, we're taking the same thing. All we had to do, we had onions, we had cilantro mm-hmm. because of other things. All we had to do was chop it up and bring a little four inch tortilla shell and we chop yeah. it up even finer and we have some of the best things, you know? Yeah. I mean, I was watching him make that homemade salsa yesterday, tomatilla salsa. And I, I sent you some pictures and it's mm-hmm. like the tacos are the jam. But they are. It, and so that's why it, it's hard because once you sell customers what they want, right? Mm-hmm. And we did a Lenten fish special every year we do. And and we used mm-hmm. to do a seafood salad and something else. And shrimp a couple years boy. ago, we said, Is that what you're oh, talking shrimp po' boy. Yep. yep. A couple of years ago, we said, you know, we really need to do fried fish. So we kind of perfected a recipe for frying pieces of cod. Yeah, and we so did. we served them and we sold the crap up. And it's super good. It's kind of a Long John Silver's knockoff recipe that we came up with. But it's super, super good. Well, then Long we get John ready to fish. still a thing? Yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. I haven't seen the one in a long ever. time. Once a, I mean your your you really can only your calorie intake can only really take it and your heart disease can only take it like once a year, but it is special. It still is special. <laughs> Give me a fish and chicken platter. Oh. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I love I love, Sorry, I love I me some Long John Silvers. But anyway, I didn't mean to derail that. My bad. So so so, so we're starting so we're starting to we're starting to come to the end of Lent and customers are going, mm-hmm. this fish isn't going away, is it? This fish mm-hmm. isn't going away, is it? And we're like, yeah. hey, customers are worried the fish is going away. And I'm like, well, we've already got the fish. We've already got the process. You know, so every day we still send, we still sell 10 to 20 pounds of fish every single day. And it's like, yeah. how do you pull that away? Will that customer go somewhere else and get their fish? Or will they just order something else on the menu? You know, right. so it's it's that evil. Tricky. It's like yeah, yeah. it's like you, it's like because you do. I mean, I like 
I when it especially when it comes to like our lint and our fish, I was definitely not on board with us keeping it at first because it felt like it defeated the purpose and because I tried to be the like, well, we did say this was a limited time. We should, you know, stand keep, up to we that. We should yeah, and like take we things gotta, off the menu. Quit, we got to quit saying that. Yeah. Well, and my thing is like I I think about McDonald's with the McRib and why the McRib is so successful, I think, is because you can't get it all the time. It's not because it's great. It's okay. But you can't get it all the time, you know? So I that's why I'm always like, are we sure we really want to keep this? Because that like the, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, um, I can't even think of the word, but the the want, I guess, for it would kind of grow, and then when they can have it, you know, that was worded yeah, so yeah, poorly because no, I couldn't. But no, no, but I I agree. We're getting ready yeah. to we're getting ready to do the same thing at the ordinary chicken, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that Keisha's wanted to do was do on Sundays a family chicken dinner, right? So mm-hmm. a whole fried chicken with yeah. you know mashed potatoes and gravy and a choice of a side. Okay. And so it's like, Hey, if we can sell it, that's, that's, if we can sell as a family meal, we're not going to sell two Mm -hmm. piece chicken dinners. We're going to sell an eight piece chicken dinner. You get the full chicken fried. You're going to do it. And and we've got to work through some process issues and we're going to start testing that. But if I can come out and sell that for 25 or 30 bucks, I'm Mm -hmm. right in the market with everybody else, but I'm making it fresh and I'm making all those sides fresh. It's not coming out of a can. It's not coming whatever. So there's an advantage. Now, I can probably charge a little bit more for that. But if we can sell that on Sunday and then we can mm-hmm. kind of create this even false excitement for it, right? So we can say, I can order mm-hmm. in a case of chicken and I get 12, 12 of these birds in. So it's like, okay, I'm doing 12. And then we can go out on Friday and say, hey, only got two left. You better go online mm-hmm. and reserve yours for Sunday. And even if we only sell two, mm-hmm. we can still go out to the customer and say, wow, what a great, I can't believe we sold out. Sign up early next week. We're going to do 12 next week too. Mm-hmm. Even though we may be throwing chicken away or eating it out of the merchant. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But you create this sense of scarcity. That's what the, that's what the McRib is. It's a mm-hmm. sense of scarcity which drives business. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. we're just not very good. We just got to quit using the word limited time. Yeah. Um, quit and telling just me say, things are limited time. Here, here's, here's, and I'll stop here's, using uh, it. here's, here's some new shit that Darren wants to do until yeah, he gets. That's really how I should just say Darren got bored. <clears throat> Darren got yeah. bored one day, came up with a new menu item. Here you right. go. And Available until sure. it's not. And if, it, and if it sells, we're, we're going to fail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, it's kind of like last week. So if those of you mm-hmm. that don't know, Iowa has this big thing called Ragbri, and it's the Register's annual mm-hmm. great bike ride across Iowa. Yeah. And so it, 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 this mm-hmm. year, I don't know, 50,000, 60,000 people, I don't know, sign up, and they dip their yeah. they, they dip their tire, the back tire, into the Missouri River over – they did it in Sioux City this year. Mm-hmm. And they ride from town to town to town over the matter of seven days – and they drink beer and they party and they eat and they sleep in mm-hmm. tents and they got support crews and all this stuff. And yeah. they, they go the and then thing. the last day they, they dip their tires. So all these towns 
you know, they go through all small little towns and ride through cornfields mm-hmm. and all these small towns have to ramp up with vendors and churches to sell food and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, big, big, huge thing for the state of Iowa. And it shows what we call Iowa nice, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. if I heard that once, I heard it 5 million times, Iowa nice, you know, everybody help me. I, I had a flat tire, Iowa nice. Somebody, you know, I, my bike broken or I couldn't, it was too hot out. And so I had to ride somebody, some stranger picked me up and took me 60 miles away. That's Iowa nice. And so, you know, we had a friend that was right on the route and we were only a mile off the route, but we kind of took the high road and said, mm, you know, we're not going to really have any special well, parties. In our defense, it was also one of the hottest days we've had in hottest a long time. Weeks. Yeah. 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 So Heat index people, is 110. Yeah. So you, we had to kind of keep that in to play too because most people are just trying to get to point a to point b yeah if 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 we were if we were really smart about it we would have went and Mm -hmm. bought a truckload of water and a Mm -hmm. watermelon and and just and just gave it away on the route and Mm -hmm. said eat it smoky d's right or give them something super special for free Mm -hmm. and say hey when you're not on a bike ride and it's not 110 degrees come back and join us right and i think you know if we ever get that chance again that's what we'll do we'll just give away Mm -hmm. stuff um, rather than trying to sell it. So we had a friend that, uh, a very good mm-hmm. friend that owns a restaurant and she kind of stacked up for this with a bunch of pie and everything. And she got killed just like most vendors, you know, they just, mm-hmm. they got killed and she had like 400 bags of chips. I'm like, Oh, don't worry. I got a charity event. I'm getting ready to go buy chips for anyway. I'll take those. I'll pay you for those. And then, well, you got slices mm-hmm. of pie. Uh, give me these pies. Uh, what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. With them? I'm going to set on my counter and sell pies. And so she already had them nicely packaged up. So we took them mm-hmm. 244 slices of pie. We sold between Thursday and Saturday afternoon, mm-hmm. which makes me think, huh, should I put pie on my counter every day? Even though we have a pie bite, we really don't, it's on the menu, but it's called a pie bite. If I read yeah. pie bite, that means I'm going to get a little piece of pie, a little, little bite right. of pie. Mm-hmm. And it's, so I think we got some name change too, but Okay. So yesterday I'm in the kitchen making hand mm-hmm. pies, trying to think, can I, can I manage hand pies? You know, I can mm-hmm. buy a merchandiser that's going to cost 800 bucks, but it won't take many days of selling pies that I can make $3 profit on or $2 profit on. Cause I can sell a pie slice of pie for three bucks and be the cheapest price in town. And I'm still going to make $2 worth of profit on it. Where would you put another merchandiser? Up on the counter. Just a small little one that would hold about 30 slices of pie. Mm-hmm. Then we should sell those at the Skywalk. That's what you should do. Well, we could. We could. So, so anyway, you know, it just that's how things stick. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you start thinking about, but it's, it's hard mm-hmm. to take something off the menu. Yeah. It really is. Once we tried to take our marinated veg off the menu and we took it off for a little while. And it, it's just, mm-hmm. a, it's a super good. I didn't think it was very nice, good. It didn't healthy. Last. It, well, it's not healthy-ish. Healthy. Is it healthy? It's healthy-ish. It's healthy-ish. Perceived healthy. Compared to Bro- the other options. Right. So think about broccoli, cucumber, tomato, onions, uh, kind of chopped up with a balsamic, balsamic mm-hmm. and oil type, you know, with Vinaigrette. seasoning on it and stuff. Vinaigrette. That's what I wanted. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, Got you. Put over the top. Well, we used to mix things, things up in batches and put it in side dish cups and when it got to day three, it was like soggy, still tasted great, but just looked like shit. 
Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, we're getting rid of this. So I get rid of it and just a huge uproar for customers. I'm like, this is not great. I don't want to serve something if it's not great or at least very good. Mm-hmm. Well, th- so then we changed our process. We brought it back. And so now we cut up all the vegetables, but we, we cut up a whole batch of vegetables, but every day we just mix what we need. Yeah. So it's super fresh and it's super good. And and so we've solved that problem. But every mm-hmm. time you get rid of something, 500 people complain. You yeah. Know? And so it's like. I'm, unless, yeah. I mean, I've definitely noticed that. Yeah. People still it's, make comments about we brought back steak bites, but people are pissed they're not fingers. And I'm like, you're getting the same amount of food. You get the same but, amount of food. They're easy to eat, easy. whatever. I mean, we could, we could probably yeah. shit can those, but. Probably not. People love people love the chicken fried steak, and when we have excess trimmings off the chicken fried steak, we have nothing to do with them. Mm-hmm. Therefore, the steak bite, right? Mm-hmm. So we're taking really trim the ends that didn't weigh out to weigh four or five ounces. Right. That's where the steak bite come from, you know. So mm-hmm. it was kind of the end pieces that we could still go through the same process and do it. Yeah, it's just weird it's a whole weird menu thing is it's just weird, but, um, it's interesting. I, I'm telling you, I've got Ruben on my mind again. Um, I went that to hasn't a been place, on the menus for a long time. Well, and I went to a place, I was been in the mood for, to go out. I was, I was out in Woodward and somebody said, go to the whistling mm-hmm. donkey. They have the best Ruben ever. Yeah. So we show they up at do. the Whistling Donkey, and it was the day Rag Bride did the century loop around there, and they had burgers and cheeseburgers. I'm like, ah. So my friend says, go go to this place in, in Grimes. It had, they, it's even better. And I'm like, really? So I went and <laughs> was presented. Why would you send you there first? I was set on going to Whistling Donkey because your mom had talked about the Whistling Donkey for so many years yeah, it's with good. me that I just have never had the Reuben there. So we go to this other place that's even mm-hmm. better than the Whistling Donkey. And I mm-hmm. was presented a Reuben on marble rye bread that had maybe one ounce of meat on it, which was two very thinly sliced pieces of corned beef. I mean, store-bought corned beef mm-hmm. with an inch and a half of sauerkraut on top of it. And it was like the flavor was okay. But I had to I had to take three quarters of sauerkraut and throw it away because it was just it was a sauerkraut sandwich with a side of a little piece of Reuben. Mm-hmm. And it got me thinking. You know what? Because we're all about hearty portions, and I'm yeah. like, and I sometimes our original Reuben was we served a pastrami Reuben, and I think people mm-hmm. didn't understand that. They right. didn't understand we're a barbecue place. We're going to do pastrami Reuben. Well, I think we do the Reuben, but we don't do pastrami. I think we still brine our own corned beef, mm-hmm. but I think we make a corned beef Reuben and we cook it off and and do it the same way yeah. you do a kick-ass Reuben. Limited Bring time only, of course. Limited time a- only, of course. Available until it's gone. Available or until available it's until gone. it's not. That's what I'm going to start saying. That's right. But. Yeah. Okay, well, this was a long way around. Competition barbecue. Yeah, we really hit all menu hit all thing. The... We, we kind of hit everything, but that's okay. That's what we do. I haven't cooked yeah. anything fun. Cooked a hell of a smash burger last night, though. Sherry was impressed. Mm-hmm. Still stuck yeah. on those teriyaki meatballs. I'm loving the teriyaki meatball over yeah, rice. I'm just a for some reason, rice is just hitting me. And Sherry's like, you know, that's not very healthy. And I'm like, I know. It's, it's, 
be cheating well, it cheaper. is when you use it you small portions oh so you're saying my two platefuls with eight meatballs yeah. on top was probably not the best yes size matters <laughs> we're gonna end uh, this on funny. that no but portion size matters and that's size for everybody yeah not but, for me right now winter's yeah. coming Winter's coming. You need to bulk, bulk up because winter's coming because we may not have food available. <laughs> I lost. It's fine. Yeah. All right. Well. Okay. Now we're rambling. What else? Anything else? I don't think so. I'm going to another concert, so oh, you won't geez. hear from me on Saturday. It's a big I'm one, going too. To, I'm going to nowhere. I've got the weekend off, which, watch which, out, restaurant yep. means... Darren's going to be picking apart shit. Um, so happy I don't work Saturdays or Sundays. I mean, I kind of do, but I don't. Right. But okay. Anyway. All right. Until well, next time. That was episode 16 of Cue the Mic. We are one month away from 20. One month away from 20. Once a week, whether we need it or not. Mm-hmm. All right. Like, follow, subscribe. If you're listening on YouTube, hit that notification bell so you guys get notified every Monday when we post. If you are listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever, leave us a review. Rate us five stars, preferably. Um, leave comments. And tell, don't be asking for five star reviews. Unless you, well, ask you're people right. To, ask people to review we want your us honest honestly. Opinion. And if you right. don't, we like don't ask us, for five stars. If, if you if you don't like us, tell us personally. Yeah, don't if leave you a love comment. us. Tell the world. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that's a good way we, to look at it. We don't ask for five star reviews. But no, you no, can leave us a five star. You can leave us a five star if you want. Sorry, we don't care. Yeah. It's fine. But we, I'd rather you leave it. me a message that says, "Hey, I'd like to know more about this." I'd yeah. like to learn more about this because I really actually, love those. Luke yep. Darnell, Luke Darnell, he's winning that game. Mike Schilling, mm -hmm. he, two of my yeah. good friends, they're actually winning the game of helping me provide content mm -hmm. about yeah. what to talk about. So is Randy Twyford, which he'll be Randy, back soon, guys, for all our Randy fans. Uh, yeah, he's, he's getting We did some, an internet uh, test yesterday. Yeah, Randy's getting, we got to get him all set up with the mic and Kim, and then we're mm -hmm. going to, ooh, that's going to be another shit show. I can feel it coming. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Until then, we'll fifty-eight minutes, week. Emma. Boy, yep. seems like it took five. Must have been a good podcast. We'll see. All right. Okay. I gotta we'll get see to work. You guys next week. Okay. <laughs> Bye. I'm out. <laughs>